A vision without execution is just a dream. Welcome to Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. Like the show title says, Chris speaks with transformative experts and business leaders who share their successes, failures, and leadership tips that will help you transform your business into a success story. Now, here's your host, Chris Elias. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Transformative Experts. Today, I have Rowena Scheer with, with us. Um, I hope I said that correctly, Rowena. That's right. Good morning. And uh, Rowena is a, uh, well, she's a former financial executive um, turned chef, turned entrepreneur, successful business owner. Like many of our um, guests, she's, she's done a lot of things and has a really, really interesting story. Um, welcome, Rowena. I'm glad to have you with us this morning. Thank you for having me. So Rowena's story is really an interesting one because um, we've got some, you know, born in another country, moved on, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell your story. You are. And so, uh, you know, our guests always love to hear the, the, the stories of how people get from really, you know, sometimes nothing in some cases to, you know, having the success that they have. And I wondered if you'd share your story with us this morning. I would love that. Thank you. So I am from a small town in Malaysia called Moor. And I think since I was young, I always wanted to try something different. I just couldn't get wait to get out of the country. I uh, ended up in New Zealand for college. Um, first time on an airplane, first time out of the country. Um, did my college there. I got double degrees in uh, um, finance and also psychology. Um, ended up working in Singapore and then ended up being sent by the company that I was with, which was JP Morgan, and was sent to New York. And uh, imagine me, you know, never been anywhere near the States. It was my first trip. Um, so, so my life, that's kind of the journey that started with um, um, college and then ended up in New York. And I'm, I met my husband here. Uh, we've been married 20, 26 years. Um, funny story is I asked him out. On uh, I have two U.S. Open ticket. I asked him out, and that was our first date, and we got married exactly a year later. Um, and we've been married for 26 years. Wow. Amazing guy. Um, and, um, you know, life is a journey, and I've, I always said the best thing for me personally is that I, n- I never – I always ask. You know, I always ask and say, can I do this? Can I Can I try for this? And um, – and, most of the time they say yes, <laughs> including, you know, my ass to go uh, and work in, in Australia, in, in Hong Kong with JP Morgan. I, I helped them set up South Korea office. And so I traveled to Mumbai. So I, I, I got the opportunity to travel everywhere um, and ended up still in New York. Um, was that before I, you got married, all that travel, or, or was that after? Yeah, we were married. We were married the whole time. Yeah. He was in Hong Kong, and then I just, we, you know, I didn't have children until like 10 years later. So yeah. we, we did yeah. a lot of traveling, and just the two of us. And then we we, we had children, now I have two. Um, we're sort of in our next phase now. Our children are teenagers, and one is leaving the, the nest. So. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's how it is. And, and going to my story on, on why I end up doing what I did with entrepreneur, um, is I've always wanted to own my business. Even when I was in, in Hong Kong with JP Morgan, I managed to convince them to allow me to work part-time. And I was working half a day at the sales and trading desk and then half a day doing, um, a, a kids clothing store in in Kowloon just to like test out, you know, so, a so did you actually have a physical store? I mean, you weren't, you weren't like online or anything at that point. No, no. So um, no, there's no online. So this is a, a manufacturer that I, I, I know at that point it was uh, in the 19, I think it was 98. It, it was catalog and it was big in catalog. And I thought, you know, a catalog business would be interesting. And then I said, oh, how about doing a catalog kids clothing business? So I thought, you know, before I jump all in into the business, I did, you know, keep my daytime job and my paying job and try something else. Um, that didn't work out because, you know, at the end of the day, you got to really love what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, and baby clothing at that point when I'm still, you know, married, but no kids just didn't really, you know, 
my gut tell me it's not something I really love. It didn't do and it for you at that point. It didn't do it for me. So yeah. I did it for like six, eight months. And I'm like, you know what? It's not for me. And and, and I kept my, my day job, <laughs> staying so, finance. So I am kind of curious and it's a bit of a detour, yeah. but I mean, you know, I, I was traveling a lot during that period of my life that, those, you know, the nineties was a lot of international travel for me as well. Yeah. And a lot of Asian travel for me as well. Oh yeah. Were you dead during Asian crisis? Um, well, so I was actually, I was traveling a lot to Japan. I didn't really do any tra- travel over to, to China. So I didn't, I didn't feel any of that portion of it because Japan kind of skirted a lot of. Yeah. Lot yeah. Of yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but, uh, you know, doing business there was always really interesting because, because things operate differently and, and I don't, you know, and, and, and not right or wrong. And I think sometimes we, we make things right or wrong based on how we do it, but it was very, very different. And, and I'm kind of curious, what was it like, what was it like for you trying to operate a business in, you said you were in Kowloon, right? In China, in, China, in No, no, I, I was in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. In Hong Kowloon. Kong. Yeah. And that's Kowloon. It was not. So I was there doing the transition. So I oh, was there doing wow. 98 and was actually there in person when the Chinese, you know, uh, soldiers walking through. I was to in Hong Tokyo Kong. when that happened. I remember watching it on, on you know, on this. You know, it, it, was a, it was a big deal in yeah. Asia. Yeah. And, and also during that time is Asia crisis. And when I was working in South Korea, it was IMF. Literally, South Korea was like bankrupt almost. Right. You know, and look at South Korea now. It's uh, it's it's incredible how how much uh, in twenty years or more it, it changed the world. Yeah, we don't we don't get a perspective. I don't think too often of what what happens over there. And I mean, when things happen, it's big. Yes, yes, um, yeah. It was very depressed, and and you know, JP Morgan opened an office then, and I was there to help, and it was actually a very exciting time in Asia. Uh, because there's a, you know when when there's crisis there's always opportunities just depending right. on how you see it so um, I always is an eternal optimist mm-hmm. that um, you know when it's down you kind of want to put more money in because it will it will it will come back so yeah absolutely so so you had this really successful career in finances you always wanted to have your own business so you you got married in Hong Kong. Um, Actually, got married in New York. You got married in New but York. Then we moved. Then, then we moved, moved to, to Hong, Hong Kong. Kong together. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of dragged him around a little bit. What? Well, what was? Actually, it was him who dragged me, Is and I'm what? like, I can be anywhere. Okay. Um. So, so he got a job with with Merrill at at in Hong Kong, and then and I'm like, sure. And then I asked for a transfer, and I got it. So. Oh, excellent. Um, excellent. Yeah. And so, how how long then were you there? And then you came back to New York. And when when was it that you then decided that? you know what, something, something different. I need to do something outside of finance. So I always love cooking and um, I did growing up with growing up. My mom always makes sure that our Sunday is family time and we will cook and make lunch together with my sisters and my mom. And, and that's how I learned to love to cook and and since I was young, I will always be able to whip out a meal together, like for the family or for myself. Coming to the states, coming back, that was in '99. I continued working, and then I got my executive MBA, paid by J.P. Morgan, um, because I'm like, you know, I'm back. What should I do? Uh, and I'm not ready to have a family, so I, I finished my MBA, and then when MBA ended. And like, what else I want to do? And so on weekends for almost a year, I was doing a French culinary degree at the French Culinary Institute. So it's all about French cooking. And I thought, you know, what's the hardest cuisine? It's French. And so I said, let's just do it. So every weekend I, you know, cook at uh, the, the, the kitchen of French Culinary Institute. So did you, I mean, people go to the French Culinary Ex- uh, Institute stumbling a little bit this morning they go there to become chefs were you thinking of becoming a chef or was this just for the fun of it it's for the fun of it you're right every one of my team um because you cook as a team they all became chefs or work in a kitchen um but for me it was more i really enjoy it i do not want to be a chef or own a restaurant because i think it's way too difficult um i love the food i love entertaining so it's more for my personal um, reason to do it. Um, and the, the fact is it's a skill that will be with you forever and I enjoy it. So that's the reason. 
But down forward, after I have my kids, um, that's when that culinary uh, experience really hit me um, that that's what I love. Like I'm always looking forward to that, you know, weekend of being in that kitchen. Um, and my kids were nine, 12. We were in a cooking class in Thailand uh, where I realized that, you know, I, I fail as a mom because I've done everything for them. Right. I, they're nine, they're 12. They, I make sure food is on the table. I make sure they, they travel, they eat everything. They expand their palate. They, but I never have them help me in the kitchen because I feel like that's my sacred space. And I don't want to like have them messing up my stuff or getting cut. But that was a, that was a failure. Like the only way they could learn is they need to do it themselves. And they, if they cut, get cut once, they'll never be cut again, right? Yes, if they yes. get burned once, they'll never do it again. So I, that's what I, they will look, they will literally in a cooking class looking at a, an onion and say, what, what should I do with this? I don't know what to do with this onion. I'm like, wait a minute. What have I done to these two poor kids? They can't even, you know, take care of themselves. Well, a lot of so. kids can't. And so, so it's an interesting thing. And the other part, you know, part of the story you just said, which, which you were in Thailand when this happened and you took your kids everywhere, didn't you? I mean, you guys did yes. a lot of traveling. Yeah. And we continue traveling. And, and my, my son has been to safari many times. We've been to Asia. And, and so my husband, who is American, grew up in Africa. So we both come from a very international background. Um, and we, we're very comfortable being anywhere in the world. Um, and we love to travel. We yeah. do. And everywhere we go, it's always, where should we eat? Where would you go? What's the market? You know, like, so it's, it's um, we do that even as a family. And we travel a lot. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's great because we could do it, but you know, not everybody could, which is another reason why I started this. Uh, there's so much to connect a culture and food mm-hmm. and the, the world is becoming smaller and smaller. It's, we all need to be a global citizen. Yeah. We need to be more aware of, of other culture and, and be more respectful of other culture, you know, because people raise differently as I have. And, and you just, you know, being, I can see it even, even with my kids who are like travel everywhere and they're still very much not aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah, that was, you know, we, we had the same philosophy. Um, you know, the one thing my wife and I love to do is travel and we love to, to visit other cultures. We both traveled for business. We've both been around the world multiple times. I mean, just, just, you know, mostly for work, but then that has translated to, you know, trying to find some vacation time. And, and even with our kids, we took them everywhere. Um, and yeah. I, grew, I grew up in a family where my parents took, took me and my sister everywhere. So, so that exposure, I think, really does round out. And, and I know that it's not within everyone's wherewithal to travel all over the world, but, but you know, to take some time, even just travel within your own country, to go different places. We have cult- cultures within cultures here, but, but expose and see some different things. You know, even if you could just do it once a year, you know, that, that exposure for your kids is, is invaluable and it helps teach them. Yes. And, and what we want to do at Eat to Explore, and I'll explain later, we actually think, think that you, before you travel, it will be so much nicer if you know the history, know, you know, a little bit about what they do and what they eat and, and why are they there and, and who are there and who are they. So that's all that will make your trip even more fulfilling. Yes. So, so I then during that fateful trip <laughs> in Thailand uh, where I saw my kids and I feel like there is a need for, for educating them. Um, I kind of step back and think about my life. Um, at that point I was 47. I know I've been successful at, in finance and um, I have um, you know, 2016, it was kind of like transformation for me. Like, I, I feel like I have more energy. I can, I can do another, I, I have another career in me. <laughs> yeah. So, so I said, you know, what do I love? What do I love at that point? I kind of narrowed it down to, I love food, obviously. I love to travel. I love kids and I can relate to them. And I love to teach like, and I feel that is a need 
to to educate family and kids and and doing it together create this family time of learning about other culture other food cooking together and 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 the memories of me cooking with my mom and my sisters came back to me like i want to restart that you know family cooking time um so 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 i had that idea i came back i went to my partners i'm like i'm taking a sabbatical like I need, I'm going to take six months to think about this, to see if this is going to work. And I'm going to, you know, try. And if, if the six months allow me to actually establish something, I'm going to give it a shot. Sure. And I never went back. So, so that's how it to explore started. That's excellent. What a great story. And we're already up on our first break. So um, we're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we want to dive more into what eat for explore eat to explore is and um, hear more of the story. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Rowena. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's time to transform your business with the help of the Execution Culture, co-written by your host, Chris Elias. Make your company smarter, faster, and stronger with real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. The Execution Culture, available now on Amazon. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Nexecute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. Take the next step and give us a call for a free consultation with your host, Chris Elias. 888-378-8808. That's 888-378-8808. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back with Rowena Shear. So, Rowena, before we went to the break, you just introduced um, our audience to your current company, Eat to Explore. And it's, it's eat, the number two, explore.com, right? If, so, if anybody wants to go check it out. Uh, but, you know, Companies don't just pop up, right? So you had this idea of, um, you know, of, of bringing your, your cooking and your family values and thinking into a company. Tell us a little, just a little bit about the company. And I, I want to know, what, it was, what was it like getting it started? Um, you know, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? Sure. Um, so, so the idea have always evolved around, you know, family teaching kids about different culture through food. So that that idea has always been the core of it to explore. And so I came back, I told my partners in finance that I'm going to take a sabbatical and I sat down and I talked to my husband, who's my biggest supporter. Like I really want to create something that that family can cook together, just like I used to cook with my mom and my sisters. And, and at that point, that was in 2000, late 2016, 2017, um, milk kit was huge. Right. You got the Blue Apron, you got a HelloFresh. So I and I've tried them. I'm a chef and I go to Union Square. I, I love the farmer's market and I love to eat local. And I look, I try all of those meal kits. I'm like, I can do better. You know, I, I think the food ter- is terrible. The, the ingredients are not fresh. They are not eating local. They are not really taking care of the environment. So I have all this, you know, ideas around, I can do a better job. I can create a meal kit that is evolving around different country, teaching them about the country, getting them the freshest uh, ingredients from the local farm out, you know, near New York city. Um, and I was talking to the farmers on, 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 uh, at New union square. I, I got them to excited. And I was like, we'll plan trips to your, 
to your farm. So that was kind of like the whole idea. And I, I convinced a friend of mine who's also French culinary uh, train, uh, graduate. We both said, let's do this together. And so we will go to his, uh, her house and we'll take, we, we curate recipes together. We, we, you know, eat seasonal and, and then we, we take photos. And so that's kind of how it all started. Like we work so hard in a lot of different recipes. We, you know, took photos of them and have the, and I have them, the, the, cart, the recipe cards produced. Um, and, and so Eat to Explore was born as a um, meal kit. That was how we were born. Um, we did a, a beta in 2017 with friends and family. And for six months, it was hell. <laughs> it was so hard to source the fresh ingredients, pack the fresh ingredients, doing all this, deliver it to people's house. And uh, oh my, I, the first six months I was born out. Like I have, I did six months of like, actually six to eight months of getting everything ready. And then when I actually started delivering and packing them and I found a um, kitchen uh, incubator kitchen in the Bronx, which is like a woman owned. So I was like all very gung ho about, you know, woman only and supporting women and working in this kitchen. Uh, it, it was hard um, dealing with fresh ingredients. Um, uh, so I was on a burnout and the sum in the summer of 2017 is when Blue Apron went uh, public and then Amazon bought Whole Food. And I, I thought if Amazon bought Whole Food, everyone's going to go, you know, it's, it's not going to make it right. So the whole fresh food ingredients, they're going to take over. So I sort of kind of happy. I have that finance background in my head because it always bring me back to reality Right. I feel like you know a lot of founders have a lot of dream and they want to do good. But I feel personally like my experience in finance kind of know what's going on in the market. And right. then, you know, tell me that, you know, Lee might want to say, see if this is doable, like financially. Um, and, and I couldn't grow. I, I just started struggling. I just like if I'm working this hard to serve New York City, how am I going to go outside of your New York? Um, it's hard with fresh ingredients and I, and I can see why Blue Apron struggles, right? Um, so that was that. Um, then fall of 2017, I said, you know what? I'm just going to put myself out there and, and, and be in a entrepreneurial challenge, uh, a competition. So, so I am uh, an alum of NYU. And Stern always have an annual entrepreneur challenge for their students and alums. So um, I applied and I went through the program. Um, it made me do a lot of research, a lot of interviews, talking to mentors, talking to like investors and everybody. It's like, why dealing with fresh ingredients again? <laughs> Love the idea, but you know, that fresh ingredients must be so hard for you. And so, so that was, it reminded me why this could fail because of the, the fresh ingredients. And, and maybe I should think about, you know, what else I should do. And, and also part of that process. And I really thankful for that process was I started talking to people. I started talking to all my customers. I was like, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? And I interview everybody. And the result was consistently love your recipe. Super easy to do. Love the flavor and love the cultural learning. I wish there's more material about the country. Um, do not like the fresh ingredients. It's just, I know the, the farm fresh is amazing, but I just don't have the time to cook. And I ended up throwing away. And and just so you know, like when the fresher it is, the the much easier it is to to go back, right? Sure. Like like if you buy something from the supermarket, that like it's it's not straight from the farm. And even that super farm is very quick to wilt and, and right. not, not be good. So, so therefore, you know, a lot of my customers is like, um, and it's not a huge number of customer. Um, and they are like, love the recipe, just can't deal with the fresh ingredients. So, so it was in, and then going through the process and it was funny how great ideas always come in shower doing shower. So I had a shower, just like have this, you know, rainwater and, you know, yeah. hot water. And like my, my brain start thinking, 
what can I do to make this work? And so I'm like, wait a minute. People like my spices. People like my recipe. People think it's no fresh ingredients. Let's just take away the fresh ingredients. Let's just make it purely a non-perishable spices, sauces, three recipes, not a lot, right? And then um, make it really amp up the educational and, you know, learning about the country. So, so, so that was all in 2018 and we relaunched in 2000, late 2018, October 18, 2018, <laughs> um, the, our current model, which is, we call it the Explorer Box, which is an experiential food and culture Explorer Box. And, you know, it's different. Um, we just, it's so unique. There's nothing like us out there. Um, and yeah. yeah, what a, what a really cool story. It it does, it does really speak to, I mean, even the struggles companies have today, if, if, if I take it maybe to a higher level, we talk about supply chain, right? Being able to get the products and get the, get the right products on quality. So I was just working with a client yesterday and one of the struggles they have isn't just getting items on time for their manufacturing, but it's, it's getting the right quality. Quality is really tricky. And when you yes. deal with something perishable, that is problematic. That really is. Right. So, so in building your organization throughout that whole period of time, the, the, the period of time through the entrepreneur challenge, were you still basically a one person show? No, I ended up higher somebody, uh, someone who just a friend's daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was two of us. um, And then I also got a part-time lady, um, Jenny, from the kitchen to help us, you know, pack stuff. So it was two part-timer and and me um, as I was trying to grow the business and still have to fulfill every week those fresh ingredients. Um, and at some point it just need to be pivoted. Um, we, we sort of finished that meal kit business, um, in, uh, in early 2018. And then the, the, both of them, um, stayed with me, um, with the new structure. Sure. And then I started to hire meal people. So with the, with the, challenge um i realized that i need to change mm-hmm. uh, with the entrepreneurial challenge and then i was also then got introduced to an incubator uh, where i i further learn uh, what i need um so it, it's a journey even you know every business is a journey and you need to be willing to reach out and try different things and and talk to your customers i think that is key because what you think is perfect for people may not be what is perfect for them. So they will have a different view. So, so you're, I always say my customer is always right. I'm learning. So you, you're constantly learning and pivoting and figuring out what is the best product that you can deliver for your customer. They are, they are the actor. They are the hero. You are the supporting actor. <laughs> you're, you're there to like help them. So I, I feel that's very strongly. And I always focus on customer service and listening to what can we do better? Um, so, so that was how I always operate. And when we change um, that helped me think about outside the box and, and, and then the incubator also helped me think more and, sure. and actually give me more resources. Like I then got a digital marketer from somebody I met and, and then I got a social media person because I also feel like I know what I, I'm good at mm-hmm. and I know what I'm terrible at. Yeah. Uh, I don't like social media and, but it's very important and I know it's important yet, but yet if I can't do it, I better get somebody to help me. So, you know, it's, it's, these are some very important lessons. I mean, you know, with our listeners, we, we've got all walks of life, but I I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're entrepreneurial or president of a giant organization, the concept of learning from your customers really is a, a key concept for success in business. And it seems like, you know, you know, we consult in a lot of businesses. It seems like we sometimes companies get to this place where they're just not listening to their customer anywhere. Oh, I'll hear things like, oh, we need to be more customer centric and this and that. But when you get right down to it, they're really not listening to their customer. They, they have such maybe belief in their product and that it should be this way. And that can become a limiting factor to your growth. 
the other the other lesson I thought that was really important that you put out there for any any you know new entrepreneur anybody who's had the dream that wants to go out and do something well first of all you don't always get it right the first time right i mean you know the you talk to some of the most successful entrepreneurs and find out how many times they failed before they got to where they were nobody gets it right the first time okay yeah, okay maybe there are some um maybe there are some some people that win the lottery, it's the same kind of thing where you create an app and somebody comes in and buys it for, you know, a hundred million or $200 million. And all of a sudden you're rich. That can happen. But, and we hear those stories from time to time. But if you take a look at how many entrepreneurial businesses there are, um, the last time I looked at a statistic a few years ago, you know, you just pull, you can pull certain statistics from the IRS and this doesn't count people who are doing home-based businesses on their 1099. I, I can't pull that information, right? But, but actual people who've set up an LLC or whatever, there were, there were 28 million businesses in the United States under 10 people. Those, those are small entrepreneurial businesses, you know, and, um, there's a lot of people doing it. And, and to stop and pause and, and look at the research and say, what, you know, what is the industry telling me? You know, the, what I'm going into. Am I going down the right path? Am I not? And it's, it's not just to do that when you get started, but it's to continually do that. Um, I, I think, you, you know, your, your, your point about your financial background brings that to the table. Now, did you have to go and get financing to get things up and running? Or were you able to self-fund it and bootstrap it? I bootstrap and self-funding for a while. And then when I was getting some traction, I did erase a friends and family. So mm-hmm. even today, I, I only have one angel investor and I'm very, I'm, I'm very worried about, you know, getting the right investors. It's almost like marriage, right? Yeah. So I've heard a lot of horror stories about getting venture and then or bringing partners. Wait, having said that, I did have partners that are friends that, then that I have to buy out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not saying that I, I was, uh, it was an easy thing, but you keep trying to find the right partners. Um, I have circled out probably four partners at this point um, because I always feel like I'm, I don't, I'm not confident enough to run this by myself. Right. I need someone to talk to. And there was one that I, you know, close to a very close friend. And every time we were constantly arguing about how we're going to grow this and how we're going to, my husband was like, honey, you're spending more energy talking to her about how to grow this business. Why don't you just buy it over? And then you have full control, which I did. Then that's when it really grow because I, I do believe you need money to, you need to think big. You need to want, if you believe you need to think big, you need yeah. to invest, you need to, put your name out there. As someone told me, it's like you, when you create a, a company, it's like you are a lonely store in the middle of nowhere that the road leads to nowhere. Yeah. So it's important to create awareness of brand awareness. Yeah. And so I actually, so we've, we're already up on our next break. So time really flies quickly, but when we come back, I want to keep exploring that particular part of it because, because it's really, it's important. And I myself have experienced going through a couple of partners and it's, it's not always an easy thing, but it can be a very powerful thing. So stay tuned everyone. We'll be back with Rowena in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Nexecute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. Take the next step and give us a call for a free consultation with your host, Chris Elias. 888-378-8808. That's 888-378-8808. For a limited time only, win a copy of The Execution Culture, co-written by your host, Chris Elias. Go now to transformativeexperts.com and look for the Goodreads giveaway. And good luck. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back one last time with Rowena Shearer. So, Rowena, uh, before, again, before this break, we started talking about, you know, partners and, um, you know, and, and getting your brand out there. And, you know, I, I myself, like I said, you know, beforehand, um, finding the right partner's hard, you know, and, 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 and because you're right, it's a marriage. Same, th- same thing with angel investors. Um, venture is a little bit different. I mean, you really, you have to understand with venture, you really don't have control of your company. You, you do to a point, but then they, they, they take it over. So I'm, I'm glad you didn't go down that path. Um, how did you find your angel investor and how did you find somebody who was a good fit for you? Because, you know, we talk a lot about core values, core values alignment, you know, uh, aligning two individuals at maybe the deepest level, you know, so that, so that there's some type of a regular connection. I think it's super, super important in companies when it comes to your employees, when it comes to anybody you would partner with that, that because that creates the base of your culture. It gets really hard when you start going outside that group, especially to investors. How did you find the right investor for your company? So before I met, talk about the, the partners and my angel investor, I actually want to go back to what you say about core values. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's super important. And I think that was what drives my team and myself. From the very beginning, it's all about global food and cultural exploration. That truly is our core, right? And, and, and sometimes I call it the edible education. Um, be respectful of other culture around the world. It's another core value, right? That's what we believe in. We believe in, in really helping families and kids into this lifestyle of, of healthy eating, learning, and, and, and exploring the world. So that's our core value. And I was very lucky to find a team of people that believe in that and, and, and want to do good, right? We want to do good socially. We want to do good environmentally. We want to do good mentally to so I, I want to stay on that then, you know, um, finding, you know, it's, it's something we preach a lot is I would rather it take longer to find a person aligned to your core values than to hire quickly and have somebody who isn't it's the, because of the destruction. Did you make any mistakes along the way? Did you hire any wrong people? And, and how did you know they were wrong? And what did you do to get them out? And then second, what do you do in your interview process or your search process? How do you identify whether or not somebody's a good fit for your core values? So from the very beginning, I have no full-time employee. I had a lot of freelancers and I have a lot of part-timers. And I think the reason I was very hesitant is that that I was worried about hiring the wrong person. So I feel like it gives gives me an opportunity to learn about the person if I have like a short-term, like a short-term obligation. So I have people from around the world, um, uh, I have my graphic designer from from Malaysia. I have my social media in Florida. Um, my digital marketer in New Jersey. Um, I have someone else in Denver. Um, I tried them um, as a team in in their specialty, and I also feel like instead of hiring one person and I make them do everything. I think it's better to find people who are so experienced in what they're doing, even as a freelancer, to then figure out how to work together. So, so it's a model that I adopted when I first started. And frankly, that helped during COVID because they are already working from home. So it didn't really um, matter where they are and they're safe. And my first, and, and one of the person that I hire of, uh, full-time is who was with me. He was with me for, she was with me for like almost a year and a half before she became full-time and she was my head of operations. And, and the reason I hired her is um, she used to work for my friend in a cafe 
And then she had a baby and my friend um, Jen is like, you need to hire Trisha. I know you're looking for somebody. She's awesome, but she have a baby. And I say, sure. So I have her in my facility. There's a playpen. She raised her daughter in my, in my uh, facility and Remy is still there. I still see Remy growing up and it's, it's very sweet. Um, so, so I, to answer your question, you got to try it. Um, I, I wish I have a, 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 like a structure of how I interview. I don't, I'm trying to now create that structure because I know as I grow, I need to create a structure, but when you are a startup, you, you just want to try, you just keep trying until you figure uh, right, find out the right person. Um, but the model was freelancer. Um, we'll, we'll get a team and, and until today, majority of team are still with me, which is nice. You know, it's a really interesting approach because, you know, we teach a lot of behavioral interviewing and other techniques for how do you interview somebody to determine they have the core values and it gets complicated and everything. And you're taking what I would describe as like a try it before you buy it, you know, approach or a test (laughs) drive. And I I mean, I have to tell you, I think it's genius. I really do. I I think it's, it's, it's a genius way to approach it because, you know, a lot of companies still have not figured this out, but... COVID pushed something forward with remote work that was coming. I mean, and, 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 and I've got clients that are still trying to get back to the old way, back to people in the office full time. And they haven't embraced and grasped this idea that for certain roles, I mean, okay, if you've got a factory and you have to have people operating a machine, you know, that's a different story, right? I mean, you still have people, even with your spices, your sauces that are still putting together the kits, you know, but, but generally speaking, there's a lot of roles, marketing, you know, is a good example. You know, the, the, you know, I, I have, you know, marketing person that's in Texas, right? You know, we don't all have to be in the same place. And the other part is, is buy what you need. So sometimes you don't need the full time. I love the idea that you have of I'd rather have more individual experts and maybe I'm maybe none of them are full time than try to have somebody who's trying to be a jack of all trades and then, then then you don't get the productivity. Buy what you need and in that particular case utilizing freelancers, you know, they can actually work for a couple of clients. They can make more money. You get what you need. Everybody's happy and if they're not a good fit for you, you move on. I, I have to okay. tell you, I think that that's really a brilliant approach. Thank you. Thank you. And the other thing that's also important is our core values. So I have circled up people that after six months, I realized that that is not what she enjoyed doing. She's doing it more as a paycheck. And I said, you know what? Not worth it. Life is too short. Is this what you love to do? If yeah. it's not, then move on. It's better for you. It's better for me. And I can tell. So you kind of have to be very aware. And, and, and also, when you have freelancers, you got to be aware of the productivity, right? It's, is it producing or is it not working? So uh, it's, it's tricky, but I think coming back to core value is so important because your team and your customer need to believe that's what your values are. Yeah. So now yeah. I'm going to then talk about my investor who has the same core value. So um, I, I have a group of friends and family investors, which are easy. They're, they're very hands-off. They just want to support me. Um, and then I, I feel like because I don't have a partner, I want to talk to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. I can talk to my employee, but they, uh, they're going to use me as the direction. So, right. so then um, a friend of a friend, a friend actually um, is in the travel business. He was in, you know, travel leisure, like senior executive, um, started speaking to one of uh, his contact about me. And that's how we were connected. So Al, who is my partner um, and angel investor, came in in uh, last year in 2021. Um, and and we, we were on the phone. We talked. We have the same idea. We have the same he, he used to be actually a professor who then go into travel business, who started many different companies in the travel world. He represent uh, different travel bureaus of different countries to come and market to U.S., which is what I love. And so he's very connected and have this belief of educating, but but in a different lens, right? The travel lens. So, so we, we work really well together. He's a, he's a much older gentleman. He sold his company. He, he just, you know, still 
have the energy to invest and 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 contribute. So when I when I have him come in as an investor, I told him one of the requirement is you have to be an advisor. You have to be actively involved. Um, so we have once a week call, I, I email, we text all the time. And, and so it's a great partner. He just increases investment. Um, and, um, and yeah, I, I think that's important to have a conversation and for me to also see the potential of it. So now we are looking at travel, right? Yeah. Like make it a, before you travel, and, and this is what Al told me, is like, you don't know about this, but a lot of money, if you think about spending, 40% is people spend before they get there. And then it's like 40, 20, 40. So 20 is when they're physically there. And then 40% of it is after where they have the memories of their trip. Uh-huh. So there's a big chunk of opportunity before they get there, where you where they want to learn, they they doing their Google search about which hotel and they Google search about where to go and you know what's the history. So so that is where e to explore could come in very well. Um, actually, before we forget to talk about what e to explore really is, yeah. Yeah. So let me talk about that. Yeah, while well, we got a couple minutes left, we should talk about the product. I know. Right? I know. <laughs> So we are actually, we only provide three local favorite recipes, not a lot. We provide you all the essential spices and sauces mm-hmm. and our spices. I actually work with McCormick's supplier. So it's really high quality. Our sauces, um, are, you know, approved by Cornell food tech. And then we are also starting to work with like um, big, you know, long-term family owned suppliers of, of ethnic sauces um, um, and and so it's all non-perishable with the essential spices uh, sauces and green like we'll give you teff flour or yeah. couscous or something hard and then um, there's collectible like passport and flag pin to learn there is an online um, lesson plan where you can download and you learn the geography the history um, language, music with like links to virtual videos, to YouTube, to books. So it's like a whole learning opportunity. We were, we're big with schools now. Schools use us for their curriculum, um, especially homeschoolers. Um, and so it's a great way to learn about country and then also make it a conversational topic at dinner time. So okay. that's how our mission is create awareness and also family time, because I think uh, kids love to spend time with family. And, and when you cook, you can't use your technology. So it's a little break for everybody uh, from their phone and, and uh, kind of come together and cook together. So is it a subscription service? So it's both. You can join our subscription where you get one country uh, a month. We have 22 countries. We add two new countries every year. So you have a full two years or more. Or you can just buy single boxes. Or you can buy a continent. So like you do an Asia continent. So you buy, it comes with five Asian countries uh, boxes. Or you do Europe, Middle East, Africa, or the Americas. Um, So single boxes or a subscription. And a lot of our customers kind of try us and yeah. move to subscription because it's a fun way to then have in a new country coming to you every month. And then you're like, Oh, this month I'm doing Sweden. Oh, next month I'm doing Morocco and then South Korea and then, you know, Ethiopia. So well, and it's kind of nice. It's not like this big, huge commitment to, to cooking in a way. Right. I mean, because if, if you do the monthly subscription, you know, basically you could do one a week and, and you've got a week off, right. It's not like when, when we had, Every week we had a box showing up with three items and it's like, okay, at some point you get tired of cooking all this stuff and you're right. The recipes right. aren't all that good. Right. Uh, so. and, it's, it's, and it's also weekly, so uh, a monthly. So you, you, like you said, you can spread it out. And, and another thing that's interesting is shopping. I find shopping is a good learning opportunity. So we give you a shopping list. And so kids can go and to a supermarket and buy all the ingredients as well. So all the fresh ingredients are there. And we have vegetarian optional. We have gluten-free. We have vegan optional. So you just replace it with uh, vegan protein and stuff. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Got it. That's I, what, what, what an excellent program. Have you have you considered? Is there any any further? You probably have a long long growth potential doing what you're doing. Um, you mentioned you know like like the program before people go travel. You know, try some of the food. You know, pick this region. Maybe maybe you know if if I'm going to Europe or Asia or to a specific country. You know, I can get a box for that. Um, 
have you considered adding in anything like, um, you know, like local culinary programs where people could go and try things? Like if you go to Paris, you know, here, here are a couple, you know, for, for tourists, a couple, you know, French cooking institutes or anything like that. Or, or is there any future phases coming along those lines? Um, not yet, but in our lesson plans, that's usually YouTube's and, um, and, and that's probably will come down the road where agencies or cooking classes or something that you, once before you travel, you can, you know, learn about all about it. And then there's a classes that you can, you can, you know, participate. Not yet. There's, there's so many opportunities and we just, I feel scratching the surface, right? I, I, by coincidentally, schools and teachers found us and now we're in at school curriculum um we have states paying for our boxes to send it to to families and then we stumble upon um uh we're now in william sonoma so some wholesalers mm-hmm. and online and retail starting to notice us too because they want to connect with their customers and that's what we're doing we are giving them an opportunity to connect with their customers um one other thing that we might be looking at is maybe partnering with like selected you know grocery stores like Whiteman's or whatever that sure. has more focus on teaching and, and not just buying the groceries. So um, then we just, we're, we're looking at other ways. And one other thing that I love, and hopefully I have an opportunity is Disney. Like imagine go to Epcot yeah. and then you can get our boxes at Epcot too. Oh, wouldn't that be great? So it's, it's eat, E-A-T, the number two, explore.com. Um, check it out, everybody. I, I'm, I'm going to go check it out after this conversation. I can tell you that for sure. I think it sounds really like a great product, but also great stories. Um, and, and, you know, just continue to validate the importance of core values alignment. And, and even before that, just following your passion. You know, it, it's so important if you're going to be an entrepreneur to follow your passion. So thank you so much, Rowena, for being with us today. You've got, you've got a great story and I appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me. That's it, everybody. You know, stay tuned for for more great episodes coming up. And until next time, I hope everything goes well in your lives. Thank you for joining Chris Elias for this week's edition of Transformative Experts. We hope you'll tune in again next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a good week.